the United States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic Hello, hello. It is Monday, August 22nd, 2022. I hope everyone is doing well out there in the monkey apocalypse. Apparently, if you're <clears throat> not part of uh, Pride Month, they're trying to get you to think that... Uh, you're not being disproportionately affected by this new virus. But anyway, back in reality, um, today we have uploaded uh, to my YouTube channel here. So the channel that you're seeing this on, if you're watching this on Spotify, of course, you're not seeing this on YouTube. So go to the Natasha Divine channel to see what I'm talking about. Um, but you will see in the description of this live stream on YouTube a link uh, to the Bleach Battalion's new Reggae Spectacular. It is a collection of uh, all of the reggae tunes um, that I've done, that we've done in Bleach Battalion in the last... Uh, few years I think the oldest track in the collection I think is uh, 2012 um, <clears throat> we did have a couple of reggae songs on the demos before that but they're not included this is all um, basically yeah since 2012 uh, it's over three hours of music it's like three hours and 20 minutes and uh, you can go view it if you're needing to look it up on YouTube, uh, look up Bleach Battalion, Rocksteady Explosion, Bloodshed, and Polytrix. You don't have to type all that out. Uh, you could probably stop at Bloodshed <clears throat> and you might be able to find it. Um, it is in the Bleach Battalion playlist on my YouTube channel. All of the songs on that video playlist uh, are available. Uh, I think mo at least almost all of them are available um, <clears throat> to purchase for download at the uh, Bleach Battalion SoundClick. Uh, so if you go to bleachbattalion.com, you can check out that as well as many non-reggae tunes. So I figured since we did that today and thank you very much to Jason for assisting in uh, <clears throat> assembling that and putting the times in that the songs are in everything like that. Uh, but since we have just put that up on the internet, I figure it'd be a good time to talk about reggae and why we use that as a medium for political music, <clears throat> and specifically right-wing political music. Um, there will need to be some clarifications made because there has been a lot of cultural appropriation by the left-wing <clears throat> of things associated with reggae such as dreadlocks, the hairstyle, um, type of paramilitary type of clothing, uh, just various symbolism, uh, the 
red, gold, and green color scheme. Sometimes you'll see people on the left that have like beads that are red, gold, and green um, or bracelets or something like that. And a lot of them don't realize that that's actually the Abyssinian Ethiopian flag um, and that those colors are associated with reggae uh, because of a, an ideology and concept that most people on the left would call uh, homophobic, uh, misogynistic, and some might even call it racist. <clears throat> Do I believe that those things apply? No, I'm saying people on the left tend to associate these beliefs with those words, okay? So, this is going to take a little bit of unpacking, right? What is all this? Why do we see it all the time on reggae music? And why have people on the left like grabbed onto this symbology, but yet don't support the ideology? Well, first off, we know that white leftists love token black people. Okay. Um, they want to seem like they're Afrocentric. They want to distance themselves from whiteness. They want to basically be anything other than themselves because they have some sort of self-loathing, which they try to express in some sort of like angsty political way, right? Um, I am Jewish. I'm not a Rastafarian, so I'm not going to get too deep into trying to explain someone else's religion because that's not my place. What I can do, though, is tell you about the themes that are repeated in the music and that are common in the culture, okay? Um... Rastafarian themes are often mentioned in reggae music. Um, most of the rhythms that you recognize as the reggae rhythm come from Rastafarian rhythms, chants, Nyabingi chants, things like that, um, in the root. When we listen to reggae music, a lot of people think that that just means anything from Jamaica is reggae music. Some people, especially people who are trying to sell you a product, uh, will agree with that. Any music from Jamaica is reggae music. But of course, there's other types of music that do come from Jamaica, hip hop, jazz, that are definitely not reggae. Okay. Um, also, while reggae obviously is very synonymous with Jamaica and Jamaicans and the Jamaican diaspora, reggae music over the last several decades has expanded to be all over the world. There's reggae in Africa, there's reggae in Europe, there's reggae in Asia, and of course, in the Americas. Um, why? Why did reggae music spread like this? So let's go back to the roots. And I don't mean roots reggae, because roots reggae is actually not the root of reggae. The root of reggae is ska and rocksteady. Ska and rocksteady uh, are more... I guess you would consider upbeat, generally speaking, uh, than reggae. Reggae is played on the, the downbeat. Ska and Rocksteady generally are played on the upbeat. 
Um, the thing about the cultural aspect of reggae is complicated because it developed. It didn't just say a bunch of Rastafarians got together and started a genre. That's not what happened. Rhythm and blues, other music from America and England were popular um, in you know the 50s and early 60s in Jamaica. And a lot of early reggae and even later, but especially early reggae tunes, you will hear are covers of songs that were originally um, imports from US and the UK. Mostly UK, but also the US. Um, soul songs, pop songs, rock and roll songs, all of those got covered by reggae artists. Um, Rocksteady and Ska was embraced in the UK market, obviously a lot more so than the American market because of the relationship between Jamaica and England. When uh, Jamaica declared its independence in the late 1960s, 67, it was uh, a huge marketing campaign to get Jamaica respected for something in the world um, other than just being oh, another freed colony from England. And there was a large amount of, obviously, of, of immigration uh, from Jamaicans into England and they influenced um, the working class scene because that's what happens. You know, immigrants tend to move into working class areas, or at least traditionally, maybe not nowadays so much. Now that we have like highly skilled immigrants coming in to be doctors and stuff, but traditionally, immigrants have lived in working class neighborhoods. Um, so, what was working class? on the streets in England in the 60s was the mods. The mod scene embraced ska and rocksteady, as well as American soul music and all that stuff. And as mod morphed and hardened into skinhead in the later 60s, uh, the skinheads, embraced reggae. Originally, skinheads primarily listened to reggae. It doesn't mean they only listened to reggae or that skinhead was some sort of uh, social justice movement that they were trying to, you know, champion uh, the, the independence of, of the small uh, black island nation or, or something like that. No, it was working class people were influenced by, hey, these guys were listening to this in my neighborhood. That sounded pretty good. And I asked them, wait, what's that record? Where can I get that record? And that's how it starts. Um, so if you look on the internet nowadays and you want to do research and you look up skinhead reggae, skinhead reggae is almost synonymous with early reggae. Pretty much once reggae started, which was with essentially, there's some arguments about this, but essentially the first reggae record was Do the Reggae by Toots and the Maytals, the first widely released. And that's what got people knowing the name reggae. So maybe somebody else recorded some stuff that was, was definitely considered reggae before that or had a sound, but it's generally accepted that the genre got its name from that record, okay? Toots and the Maytals do the reggae. So, reggae music was exported. It became pretty much Jamaica's biggest export. Um, 
if it was not for the mods and the skinheads, reggae music likely would have died or stagnated and stayed around the same style. Uh, and that's just simple fact because the people of Jamaica could not afford, like literally economically could not afford to uphold the reggae industry. It was completely helped by the UK market. And when I'm talking about the UK market, we're talking about skinheads, we're talking about mods, and that was the primary purchasing group. It became competitive. Who had the best record collection? Who had this rarest Jamaican record find? Oh, you had this one? Well, that's a repress. I have the original. You know, it was it 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 became part of your outfit, part of what was cool. Hey, I I got yeah, I got this this nice Harrington jacket and you know this Joe Gibbs seven inch from Jamaica original. It was a big deal, right? To 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 have the cool music. Now, the media, of course, wants, especially in the United States, associates skinhead with what? Racism and violence and neo-Nazis and stuff. Okay. Knowing full well that skinhead existed many years before this neo-Nazi stuff came and got involved in it. There was racist skinheads before, just like like I say, you know, just like there's racist people. Any group that has a mixture of different people probably has somebody in it that's probably a little racist, right? Because um, there was packy bashing, you know, at which the West African and Jamaican skinheads and uh, rude boys also participated in. Because, I mean, that's what happens. You know, it's the streets. Um, and all of that culture in the late 60s, and we know what was all revolutionary was going on in the United States in the late 60s, right? We, we in America, we're pretty familiar with that. We think of like, you know, hippies and Woodstock and all this stuff. But in the UK and Ireland and, uh, Jamaica, there was something going on that we weren't paying as good attention to. Now, there was a small group of people in America that were paying attention, and we did get skinheads in America. The first skinheads probably appeared in America in uh, the very late 70s, like 79 or so. Um. Now, again, at this point, still not really associated with anything racist, although the BBC had tried to kind of push the, oh, well, there's, you know, the National Front has skinheads in it and that imagery and that type of stuff. Um, but again, government media telling you that the working class is racist. This was, they, they want you to believe that the working class people are all racist. And then that way, so that when the rich liberals watch it, they don't feel bad about something bad happening to the working classes because, well, you know, they're all homophobic and racist anyway, right? They're not progressive. So just who cares what happens to them? <laughs> and that's how they think, you know? Um, so... That's that's the foundation of of reggae is like this UK and American music influence, Jamaican independence, the need for something new selling from Jamaica, and then the embrace of the mods and the early skinheads in the UK. Um, I will be talking about 
the next uh, stage in reggae history and uh, about some cultural appropriations right after this intermission. And also when I come back, you'll be able to call in. So I shall return shortly. you enjoyed that uh, wonderful advertisement and yes you should get you some cool shirts from the merch.fightwing.com shop if you would like to give a call in please do 515-602-9751 call in or don't back to the story of reggae so what is reggae originally associated with? Jamaicans, mods, and skinheads. Skinheads are given the business by the media, right? They say, skinheads, we're all racist, we're all in the national front in the UK or in the, uh, I don't know, Aryan nations or some shit in America, whatever. Obviously, it's not true. We saw the media repeat this, but it was more difficult to pull off in the information age. But it still was a successful campaign when they did this to Trump supporters, right? Trump supporters are all racist. They believe this and that. Don't go around them. They hate Mexicans. They hate, I mean, just forget how many of them actually are Mexicans, but never mind that, right? You know, just that whole concept that they just tell you that a group is a hateful group. And so everybody else is kind of like, I don't know, should I go around that? It's kind of scary. And it's, a, it's, it's an effective way for the media to divide the people. There's no reason why a skinhead can't go to the gas station and talk to somebody and say, hey, what's up, bro? without somebody going, is he a Nazi? You shouldn't be worried about if he's a Nazi. You should be worried about, are you going to piss this tough dude off and he's going to punch you in your face for just a random reason, not racism, you know? Because, I mean, that's it. if you're white, it's not going to protect you from somebody who's a skinhead if you piss him off. Even if, even if they were a racist skinhead, they'd probably still punch you if you're white, if you irritate them. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, but I digress. So as reggae progressed, for some reason, skinheads scene drifted away from the developing reggae scene and kind of got stuck in this skinhead reggae sound where skinheads listened to skinhead early reggae. Like that was the main thing. But some of us, got deeper and continued to follow reggae. And those would be like the people who I saw getting me, you know, into reggae when I, when I was young. Uh, there is 
a whole world of reggae out there that goes beyond 1972 and all the way up to 2022. But for some reason, the, the scene of skinhead stays in this like old, maybe it's just nostalgia. I don't know what it is. But most of nowadays skinheads are not listening to nowadays reggae. Most nowadays skinheads are listening to old records, old skinhead records of reggae. Um, not all, just most. So, reggae kept developing, and as Bob Marley became the star, the Rastafarian message spread like wildfire. Bob Marley became so popular that most people don't know any other reggae artist. If you ask them, like, do you like reggae? Oh, like Bob Marley? That's the go-to guy. He's the reggae guy that you think of in most cases. A lot of people don't realize that he originally was a rude boy, which is, you know, the, the proto skinhead, right? Rude boys went to England and totally influenced uh, the skinhead style. Um, but uh, yeah, Bob Marley and the Whalers were Rudies to begin with. And they used to have short hair, wear suits, black skinny ties, just like you see any uh, mod, rude boy, ska boy wearing to this day. Um, but Virgin Records amplified the differentness of Bob Marley and the Whalers and the whole Rastafarian image. And they took it and they glamorized it in a way that it had never been made commercial like that before. So people all around the world all of a sudden knew about Jamaican reggae and it had an association with them, with Rasta. This was a whole new thing for reggae, being associated with religious messages, talking about God in the lyrics. Because previously, most reggae tunes were about just regular life. You know, football, being poor, uh, you know, walking down the street, uh, trying to not do crime when you're broke, you know, stuff like that. Um, trying to live a clean life when you don't have any money. Most early reggae stuff was just about regular life. But as Bob Marley's star rose, the association between reggae music and the Rastafarian message became so intertwined that now it's almost inseparable. People think that you would try to convert them to Rastafarianism if you tell them to check out reggae, almost, you know. Um, but that's not what it is. It is a music that started in Jamaica, and many, 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 many Rastafarians are part of the reggae movement. But reggae is for all people. White people, black people, Asian people, Latino people, whatever other <laughs> ethnic, you know, it's it's for people of all the different religions. I mean, if you are a hardcore atheist, you're probably not going to be a super fan of reggae, uh, or maybe you'll only stick with those early. 1967 to 1972 records or something like that uh, that don't talk about Rasta. Uh, but if you believe in God in any way, if you're Jewish, Muslim, Rasta, Christian, you'll find some resonance in the lyrical content of most Roots Reggae. Roots Reggae is the genre that Bob Marley played that we associate with Rastafarianism. We 
get that message, that religious message that people call homophobic, it's toxic masculinity, but all it is is just traditional, right? They're going off the scripture and then they're having their own syncretic beliefs mixed in with, you know, with, with the scripture that we all know in the world, you know, and they're speaking that message. Um, but just because that's the message that's being spoken doesn't mean you have to be part of that religion to listen to, to appreciate, and to understand, relate to the songs. But there can be such a thing as cultural appropriation when we're dealing with reggae and Rastafarianism. And that is what I want to talk about on the left is the co-opting of these symbols when they're so adverse to every association of an idea that goes with this, okay? You'll see leftists with dreadlocks all the time. Very common, Antifa guys. You see them with little dreads, long dreads. Uh, who else? The guy from um, Rage Against the Machine. He had dreadlocks. He has some kind of other hair now, I think. But for many years, had dreadlocks and then came back out telling everybody to take a vaccine from the government to come to his show. Clearly, at odds with the message associated with that hairstyle. It's not just a, a style. Like, I would not do my hair into all dreadlocks because I'm not a Rastafarian. I respect their religion and I respect the fact that, hey man, you guys have your own thing, you have your own customs and you know about it more than I do, right? I'm not gonna come out there and just go, wow, this is cool. Like, you know, like uh, when Target and all of these corporate shops were selling hijabs and uh, kafias for fashion a few years ago. Now, a bunch of, you know, boomers on the right were like, Oh, they're selling kafias. That's terrorist stuff. Or they're trying to turn our kids into Muslims and all this stuff. And the reality of it is, is they're just really trying to commercialize something that they think a bunch of people are into now. And they're just insulting their religion. Because kafias, different colors, refer to different tribes and different lineage and different political associations. They were just printing out, hey, kafias, sell them, hijabs, whatever colors, whatever style, it's like fashion, right? Don't wear dreadlocks if you don't understand what they mean and you're not trying to be a Rastafarian, okay? Don't wear a fucking hijab if you're not trying to be a Muslim. I mean, you just are being insulting and you're taking something that people don't know what, you know, what you mean. They're like, uh, I don't understand the messaging here because you're inevitably doing something that goes against that. If you're not part of that religion, you're not living religiously like that type of person. You're doing something in your life that goes against that religion. And here you are showing, trying to show off for it. It's kind of like when you see, um, you know, a porn star wearing a cross or something, right? You're like, really? 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 So these left-wing people that wear dreadlocks, they wear the red, gold, and green. But yet, they, I have been told by Antifa people on the internet that I am culturally appropriating reggae by writing and recording my own reggae songs. Now, I don't I have never even done a reggae cover, I don't think. I've done reggae covers of songs from other genres, but I've never covered an existing reggae song. Um, other than like maybe an acoustic Bob Marley tune by myself or something. Uh, but I don't know how I'm culturally appropriating something when I am a skinhead. 
if it were not for the skinheads, as I said, reggae would not have had a market continuing through the late 60s and early 70s that would have been big enough to sustain the industry. The industry would have crumbled. So you can't fucking tell a skinhead that they're culturally appropriating reggae when reggae was made for skinheads. That's who they were recording those records for. That's why the songs talk about skinheads and the old skinhead reggae records. Every early reggae collection that you can find has something to do with skinheads, okay? Period. Now, not only was I told that I was culturally appropriate reggae, I've also been told that reggae is homophobic. There are specifically artists like, you know, like Beanie Man, for example, or uh, Sizzla, who have said things that have pissed off the alphabet rainbow cult pretty badly. In Jamaica, anyway. I mean, I don't know how much the American Rainbow Call pays attention, but they have said some things about Batty Man. Batty Man is basically... Call somebody a Batty Man is basically like calling somebody a faggot. It's like saying you're a wimp. It's a slur for, for a homosexual man. And there are tons of dance hall reggae songs. Now, we're not talking about Roots... Rasta or even skinhead reggae. We're talking about dance hall, which is like electronic stuff that mostly goes real raw with the lyrics. Doesn't generally you're not gonna hear any Rasta message in dance hall reggae. You're gonna hear about sex, you're gonna hear about getting high, you're gonna hear about partying, you're gonna hear about what's the new dance at the club, uh, you're gonna hear talking shit about other MCs, stuff like that. Uh Batty Man is one of the people that gets shit talked about him sometimes in reggae, right? Um, but we don't do dance hall. I'm not really associated with dance hall. I listen to some of it, but I've never recorded a dance hall record and I don't really have any uh, intention to at this time. Maybe someday, I don't know, whatever. But generally speaking, the reggae we record that I mostly write is somewhere between skinhead reggae style and roots reggae. Most of them are roots reggae. We do dubs of the roots reggae tracks, okay? I identify more with roots reggae than skinhead reggae because of the message, the traditionalist religious messaging in a lot of it. They talk about Stories I recognize from the Torah. They talk about uh, values that I recognize from the Torah. Uh, and that's relatable to me. And I've been listening to reggae for so many years that eventually my songwriting, you know, grew away from just doing the, the oi punk side of the skinhead stuff. I said, well, you know, I'm a skinhead. I listen to reggae every fucking day. Why don't we record our own reggae? And then nobody can say, oh, you just listen to other people's reggae and stuff. I mean, I, I really love reggae music. It's what I listen to 99% of the time. And like 1% of the time I listen to the hard shit, you know? Uh, so when somebody says to me, that a left-wing person with dreadlocks can tell me that I'm culturally appropriated reggae music, it's, it's really ridiculous because it's just such hypocrisy. You see a lot of the uh, reggae artists came out with songs against the vaccines. One Zeal has an awesome song, if you want to look it up, it's called No Vaccine. 
uh, and that's dance hall. Okay, uh, you got other artists like um, John Ein. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that came out with songs against the whole thing, the vaccines, the lockdown and stuff, because the message in the music already was fuck the government, keep yourself clean, live clean, uh, eat natural. You know, that's another thing. A lot of Rastafarians have a similar diet to mine. I can relate in that sense because uh, I eat essentially almost like I talk. Um, I don't eat meat. I don't eat heavily processed chemical stuff. Um, I try to keep organic. I eat a lot of things raw. Um, so I can relate with it. There's a lot of reggae songs about being vegetarian, about vegetables. I was just listening to a song the other day about avocados. Um, so that attracts me to it as well. But I think the right wing people, especially in America, have a view, they associate marijuana with the left for some reason. So they think that, well, they heard about marijuana in reggae music, so reggae is like left wing. But it really couldn't be further from the truth because with the exception of one very clearly contrived compilation um, that was like socialist ska and reggae. I have never heard of an actual reggae artist who is like a communist or a socialist. Most of them do not buy into any political isms and try to just kind of stay out of politics and, and deal with the spiritual realm and talk about culture and how to live your life and things like that. Most of them don't even get into like economics and all that, that shit that we talk about in politics, you know, that goes outside of the realm of your everyday life. Most of the topics of the songs are not going to get into that. With reggae, you're going to be dealing with a lot of from the heart, religious music and a lot of Rastafarian ceremonies will involve the chalice, the sensimilia, aka the weed, marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. And people who don't smoke weed often have a weird view of it. They think, oh, well, they're getting like tripped out, psychedelic, and they're like, you know, they can't be religious because they're out of their control of themselves. And to be religious, you have to control yourself. And when I've heard people say, and I actually even heard one rabbi say that, even though other rabbis have uh, certified even certain types of marijuana as kosher, um, I'll just clarify right now, unless you have some sort of neurological disorder, smoking marijuana doesn't put you out of control of your functions, uh, out of your faculties, okay? Um, maybe you'll forget some words. Uh, what's the word for that? Uh, what was the name of that record? You know, that's the type of thing, uh, the type of brain issue people have uh, with marijuana. It is not like alcohol, where people are seeing blurry, you know, like when you smoke weed, the room still looks like the room, guys. It doesn't uh, jump out at you or wiggle around or look uh, smoky or, 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 or like there's fucking Vaseline on the lens of life or anything like that. Like sometimes you see portrayed in, uh, you know, cartoons or movies or whatever. So that misunderstanding of how marijuana works has led to a separation between 
two cultures of people that really should be working together um, against degeneracy in the modern world. Um, if you don't want to smoke marijuana, I don't think anybody has ever been forced to. Maybe write me with your story if someone's forced you to smoke marijuana at some point, but generally people who smoke weed are, are, are pretty laid back and I don't see like that, that kind of authoritarian forcing. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. I've never even seen it in a fake news report that somebody was forced to smoke cannabis. Um, but we do see studies showing that it's curing cancer. I mean, helping to relieve tumors and shrinking them and shrinking them and shrinking them to me counts as curing cancer. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, but marijuana is doing a lot of great things for people. And I think now we're at a point in the world where older people, boomers and everybody are starting to, you know, and even older than them are starting to realize that, that, that weed isn't this like psychedelic. It's not a psychedelic drug. It's not a psychotropic drug. Um, it, it just relaxes people. It releases, um, you know, chemicals that lower your inflammation. Um, obviously, a lot of that will come from THC. Some of it will come from CBD. There's different chemicals in the weed that does all these different things, whatever. Okay. Uh, but I really feel like a, a misunderstanding of how marijuana affects people separated people for many, 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 many years who could have been culturally embracing each other. Um, American religious conservatives, Christians and Jews and Muslims um, could really find some brotherhood um, in, in a lot of, of, of reggae, you know, brotherhood, sisterhood comradeship, uh, even if you were just gathering together to listen to music, it's it's something non-denominational. You can have your Christian friends and your Jewish friends all listen to reggae music and they're saying something about God. It's positive. They're telling you to, you know, don't work for the CIA. They're telling you to, you know, I mean, there's lots of really important themes going on in reggae songs that I think the American right are sleeping on, okay? And I'm not just talking about in my songs, in Police Battalion. I'm not like, oh, I, I just decided one day to put traditional messages into reggae out of nowhere, out of some crazy thing. It, it, it It's kind of been the thing for quite some time. Early on, it was, like I said, associated with mods and skinheads, toxic masculinity, misogyny, homophobia is associated with skinheads, right? As reggae develops, the skinheads kind of stop paying attention to the development of the scene, but now it's moved on to being religious. So what's that? Homophobic, misogynistic, right? It's all the same thing. Uh, so there's always been that rejecting degenerate society uh, theme in, in, in reggae. 90 seconds left if you want to call in. Um, but there is so much beautiful reggae music in the world that I really would recommend, especially you say, hey, my kid smokes weed. It's legal in our state now. And, and my son, he's, uh, you know, whatever, he's, he's smoking weed. Although I, depending on how old he is, maybe it's not illegal for the age, but let's presume they're old enough. Um, my kid's smoking weed. What, what, what do I do? You know, I don't want him to turn into a hippie, but I don't want to be, you know, totally authoritarian and make him pay me. I don't know, maybe try and get him into reggae. 
and be like, oh, you like smoking weed? Uh, check out this, Peter Tosh, legalize it. Check out this, you know, Bleach Battalion, Ganja Gang. Check out, you know, all these different, there's a million songs about Ganja. Uh, and maybe they'll be sitting there smoking, listen to that bass bump. This shit is thick. This dad suggested this shit, and this is a banger. Wow, bro. Smoking, smoking, smoking. And they'll get into that relaxed state. Maybe they'll hear that message of God in there. You know, maybe they'll be sitting there thinking that, hey, we're just smoking weed, we're chilling out. And he starts talking about how the weed connects you with nature and nature was created by the creator. Maybe your kid could hear that message rather than, you know, some stuff about the trap and, and twerking and stuff. Nobody's twerking at a Roots reggae concert. Now, there might be a dance hall. They're doing all kinds of inappropriate, sexy dance in a dance hall. But I'm talking about religious reggae, reggae, roots reggae. Um, and if your kid's a skinhead and you're worried that they might be getting into racism, well, get them into skinhead reggae. And then they'll be like, damn, they'll have to make a choice at that decision. They'll either go, well, I either want to look like an idiot that doesn't know what skinhead is <laughs> or else maybe I should give up this ideology and go with what skinhead really is. Or the third option is that they'll reject it altogether and go to some other thing and they'll have gotten the whole thing out of their system anyway. Uh, I got about 10 seconds left to go in. Uh, but anyway, do not forget to go and check out the Bleach Battalion Rocksteady Explosion Bloodshed and Politics uh, double LP. We will be trying to eventually, I believe, press this onto a physical release. The logistics of it, it might actually end up being a triple LP because it's almost three and a half hours long. Um, but in any case, do follow the link in the description. And uh, if you're looking at this on Spotify and not YouTube, just go to the YouTube, you dingus. And the link is in there. It's on, it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, three hours of reggae music. And you can listen to some of the messages that I'm talking about. And you can decide. If you think uh, that I've culturally appropriated anything <laughs> in order to write my own music. Uh, but if you want to uh, discuss reggae at any time, you can always contact me. If you know about reggae, if you know who Horsemouth is, and you don't have to go look it up, you and me need to talk. Uh, and if you do a reggae label and you want to help put out, or if you do a, a, a music label that includes reggae, and you want to help us put out uh, that collection out of some sort of physical format, get in touch. As you see, with the little banner across the bottom here, you can, in fact, contact me. Uh, there's a contact form on the NatashaDevine.com. There's like a little thing in the corner that will pop up. If you don't want to use that form, you could just uh, email ironwall18 at gmail.com. Uh, but definitely hit up that Bleach Battalion three hours of reggae collection. Bangers after bangers. It's a bucket of bangers, y'all. Come on. Um, it's curated. Like I said, we left some of the old songs that I didn't think were good enough uh, off of there. But I think everything in there you should thoroughly enjoy.
well, unless you are Antifa asshole with fake dreadlocks um, out here trying to promote transgender ideology. Uh, and, you know, by the way, Jamaica is pretty fucking based. I don't know if anybody noticed when uh, they protested when the uh, U.S. Embassy put up the pride flag there. They said it was uh, cultural imperialism. And it is. It was. They were right. And it's sad because right now America's biggest export is homosexuality. But we're working on making some better products guys come on we got we gotta have some better products than that uh that's not a self-sustaining <laughs> project um i kid i'm joking uh we have other industries obviously um and i don't have a problem with gay people i do have a problem with the gay activist scene and the agenda that they're pushing forward but i realize that in the end they don't necessarily represent regular people on the street so if you have a neighbor and he just happens to be gay he might not part be part of the alphabet rainbow cult but there's a chance he is so just be careful you never know people out here are fucking crazy um all of that being said I uh, want to remind you, if you live in Illinois, to vote November 8th. Please write in Jason Devine, independent candidate for governor. You can check him out at Governor Jason on Twitter. I uh, am helping him maintain Twitter again. Hopefully he won't get banned this time, since it does state that it's an official campaign account. Um he hopefully won't get banned this time. Uh, so check out Governor Jason on Twitter. Vote for him in November. If you're in my district in uh, the 17th Congressional District, please write me in. Write in Natasha Thompson Devine uh, for U.S. Congress. I'm going to wrap it up tonight, folks. I hope you enjoyed the little reggae talk, and I hope I can lead you down a path of getting into some new music, maybe meeting some new people and touching into a world that you maybe weren't uh, familiar with before. But definitely uh, respect the reggae. Respect the reggae. If you don't respect reggae, you don't respect good music, first of all, and you don't respect people putting a traditional message, putting a cultural message into their music. And I really support that more than anything in the world, musically. I support people putting their message and their culture into their music. I would much rather hear about your message and your culture than about uh, your lunch or your hat or your cool clothes or what you did with your girlfriend this weekend, okay? Um, just putting that out there. Anyway, folks, stay free. And catch you on Wednesday. Whirling alphabets too. Watching all the letters melt away.